My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Eric Italiano, senior writer at Robible.com. And today we have something a little different. I am joined by Wayne Jones from the FX docuseries, Welcome to Wrexham. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. It just returned for season two on Tuesday, September 12th. I spoke with Wayne, who is the owner of the pub that is attached to the team stadium about all things soccer and Ryan and Rob and everything that's happened since those two bought his club. But before all that, I wanted to give an update on the show and the podcast and what's going on from here. I've gotten a few DMs asking what's going on with the show. We obviously haven't released a full episode since Barbenheimer, which is going on two months now, actually. And the reason for that is, well, there are a few. First and foremost, the show is not done. Um, It's always been something that myself and then at times with Brandon and at Cade did for fun and in the background of our real jobs. And... As things goes with careers, our jobs are becoming more complex and busier, and we are pursuing other passions in our free time. So that means there is inherently less time for Postgred Pod. But that's not the only reason, of course. There is a strike, which has obviously hindered some of the content that we could have put out there, some of the interviews with actors that I likely would have had. So that's one reason. Another reason is that this show is largely conceived around the seemingly endless deluge of IP-focused streaming content. We launched in, I think, 2020, which is when The Mandalorian was still popping and the Star Wars brand had yet to be, I mean, even though I've heard Ahsoka's sick, the Star Wars brand had yet to be diluted to the extent that it is. The same could be said for Marvel. The DCEU wasn't quite dead yet. So there was more opportunity for consistent programming. Now with Disney and DC seemingly pumping the brakes a bit on their streaming content, there is less for us to talk about other than movies. But because there has been you know, late summer, there aren't as many films released, and the strikes, there just hasn't been that many things for us to talk about. Sure, we could have hopped on the mics to talk about Denzel for Equalizer 3, but as I said at the top, me, Brandon, and Kate all have other things going on, so unless it's something really important, it's really hard for us to find time these days. Now, with that said, um, as far as I understand, Ahsoka ends next week with episode 6, and based on everything I've been hearing, it sounds like people are loving it. I know that Brandon is a big Star Wars fan, and he has been keeping up with it, so I'm going to try to binge watch it so we can hop on the mics next week and recap the season as a whole. Hopefully, the actor strike ends, the actors and writer strikes end soon, so we can get back to having actor interviews on the podcast, which is my personal favorite part of it. But I guess in general, my point is that the podcast is not done. It's just it is going to happen when it is makes most sense for the three of us and the content. That is being out there. So, you know, if they didn't fucking push back Dune Part 2, we would have covered that. We're going to cover the Marvels. We're going to cover Killers of the Flower Moon. We'll probably talk the creator at the end of the month. So the show will continue, just perhaps not at the weekly basis that it once was. 
Uh, all right, with all that said, let's take a quick break and then on to my interview with Wayne Jones. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, today I'm joined by Wayne Jones, owner of the Turf, which is attached to the race course, which is now the home, they they own it, of Wrexham Football Club. Wayne, I want to start out easy. You guys are back in league play. Six played, just one loss, joint highest scorers in the league so far. I know that these leagues are tight and it's early, but you're still only four points off the top. I'm curious how you're feeling so far. Um. <clears throat> Well, lovely to meet you first and foremost, Eric. Um, I am I am quite pleased, truth be told. Um, I think I think MK, MK Don's caught us a little bit cold on the first game. Mm. Uh, I think people have got their their reasons as to why they think that happened. A lot of people sort of think it was maybe the tour that was a little bit too long. Uh, we should have come back maybe a little bit earlier and maybe had a game in the UK. So MK Don's caught us a little bit cold and. Give us a little bit of a lesson, but in true Rex and Fax fashion, you know, we've come back with a bit of a bang. And like you said, we are five unbeaten. And 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 I've been to all all six games and and in all fairness, we we apart from MK Dons, we probably could have won all the other five. So um I actually made a bit of a joke in America when when I was when I see Mulling going down that I, I said that we we will have to maybe win games one nil until he survives because we've got a very good sorry, until he returns because we've got a very good defense. And I couldn't be any further from the truth because we conceded 14 goals, right? So I'm, I've scored 14. So, no, answer to your question, uh, I'm I'm pretty ecstatic because, you know, we're six games in. Um, we got a thump in on the first game. Uh, in fact, we only picked up four points in the first four games. So, yeah, to be sitting where we're sitting, um, I'm over the moon and we're only going to get stronger as the new additions kick in. And like you said, as the best player in the league in Paul Mullin comes back. Yeah, so you've touched on two things there that I want to give you props for. The first is that I, I rewatched season one these last few days, and you were er early on saying, give Parkinson time, give give him time. And now the fruits of those rewards are there. Um, and the second is, and I am fascinated on this. So I played my whole life, but I only started to watch six-ish years ago. It was Salah's first year. And... um you you touched on how some fans thought that the club should have come home sooner and had a preseason game at home. That's sort of the flip side of this coin, right? As Wrexham grows, so do those tours. So I'm yeah. curious what the conversation amongst Wrexham fans is about that part of it. Because as the club grows, it inherently becomes less Wrexhams and more the world's. Yeah, so, I mean, listen... To answer your question, I think people are obviously they want to keep a connection to the town because it's we see it as ours, you know, it's our little town. But people are not stupid. People realize that as with your Liverpools of this world, you know, that are maybe that's a bad example, but as with your, you know, your Bournemouths, if they want to grow to get to the Premier League, then they have to have investments and they have to have this these kind of things. And I think people realize that we have to 
you know, we have to have the the US tours, and you know, I, I I'm not privy to how much money that made Wrexham. I'm fairly certain it's a substantial amount. Um, you guys played you know, Man U like that is yeah. a huge yeah, and, and, we, and we won, which is a, <laughs> a, as Liverpool being my second team, I was pleased to see. So, um, yeah, no, listen, um, I, I'll, I'll speak from my point of view. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to be out there for all four games, loved every single second of it. It was a brilliant experience. Uh, and but my it's not about me, it's about the football club. And we need things like the US tour to grow the brand and to grow the exposure and to and to grow the bank balance for us to be able to kick on and get out of the League Two of this world and the League One of this world. I think people's frustrations, like I say, come from the fact that we started the season really slow in that first game. There's nothing to say we would have won that game had we come back a week earlier. I just think it was an easy excuse for people to use that maybe the players were a little bit tired with five or six games to go. But um, Wrexham fans are not silly. They're not daft people. They, they understand that for the club to grow, and that's what everybody wants for the club to grow, um, that we have to do these things. So, yeah, in answer to your question, uh, I think I think people realise what's going on. And in answer to your first question, why wouldn't you give Phil Parkinson a chance after nine games? I think it was 11 games. I mean, the guy was there for 11 games. It was absurd. I, I, I won't name names or name games, but I went to a game after 11 games. They were hurling abuse at him, and I fell out with one guy and just said, you're an idiot. Like, you've got to give the guy a chance. Um, if in 20 games' time it's not going to plan... Fair enough. And I'll be honest, before he started to turn it round, which was exactly when he brought Ollie Palmer in, even I was starting to think, hmm, maybe I've got this one wrong. Maybe he isn't mm. the guy. But love him. I just love him. I don't worry about Wrexham. Even when we lost that first game, I don't worry about us. His manager is something else. Um, and the people above him are doing a great job. So, yeah, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, yeah. I'm going to put it out there now. Wrexham will do very well this season. So what is the ideal match day breakfast both food and drink for you because i i have a pub that i go to go to in in my town and it's owned by a chelsea fan from from london so he's fully embraced you know the beans all that stuff that i that i can't really wrap my head around but but it's there um the pies what's your go-to match day meal and drink yeah, so I mean, we are, we 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 got a little food truck on the car park, so that gets extremely busy. We will sell probably ten kilo of bacon um, in the morning on a, on what a, a day funny of the sentence. Game. Ten kilo of bacon. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and we sell hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of burgers, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, come on. I mean, your friend's got it right. So if you're gonna have a, a an English fry up, as they call it, you have to have tomatoes and baked beans and black pudding. I don't know if you do black pudding over there, but you have to have the full works. I mean, I'm. I mean, sadly, I'll be incredibly truthful. For So Saturday, for example, I will get there about 6.30 in the morning and it takes me until literally we open um, with every minute taken up to to get the, the fan zone open, the bar open, the food truck open. Uh, and then about 3 o'clock, my wife or my friends will say, have you eaten? Have you eaten? Hmm. Because but at this point, I will have had six pints, right? So, um, And then I'll usually wobble home with a curry at night because I'm so hungry because I've skipped breakfast. But people always have a... It's a bit of a ritual in the UK where you wake up if it's a football day. The only thing a lot of my friends will eat in an entire day is a bacon roll. So, um, Mm. yeah, you've got to embrace the fry-up. I mean, come on, if it's an away game and I've got time and I've only got to get on a bus or drive, only got to get a full English down you. And then, yeah, I mean, a pie is a pie. You have to have a pie at the football. It's... Just iconic. I mean, um, I've I've wrapped my head around the Guinness and the Magners. I haven't quite gotten there with the beans and toast. Um, Give it a go, you will be mind blown. I'm sure. Just just persevere. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
So at what point did it hit you that Ryan and Rob buying the club was not only life-changing for the team and the town, but for you? And how has your life changed since? Uh, I get asked that. I get, I get, I get asked this a lot. Um, oh, well then skip it. Skip it. No, 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 it's fine. No, no, it's oh. absolutely fine. I mean, I mean, people that come to the pub ask me this question all the time. Oh, has your life changed? Um, I like to think not. I, I'm just a, just a, a guy that runs a bar that is a local guy that, you know, I'm not rich. I'm, I'm not poor. I'm not rich. I'm just a working class chap that, that does his best for his family and his staff and tries to give as much back to the community as I possibly can without making it all about me. But, um, has it changed? It's got a lot busier, as you can imagine. Um, a hell of a lot busier, Eric. But, you know, my, my genuine um, primary concern is that the town does well and the, and the football club does well. So they go hand in hand. So if the football team does well, then the town does well. Um, and if the town does well, then naturally people like myself with little businesses are going to do well. So it's a knock-on effect. Um, but I said at the very beginning of this venture, all I hope is that the football team come out of this doing well and we've never been in such a good position since I've been watching them 30 years so um wow. I get to see people I get to see people smiling people are happy people cannot wait to go to the games on a Tuesday and a Saturday and all that they've always been there they, they went with a lot of dread um because we weren't very good so they stuck by the team and they supported them and I genuinely do not know even though we got a lot of cynics from a lot of fans of other teams uh, I genuinely do not know uh, a community and especially a fan base that deserves anything like anything at all more than Wrexham supporters. You know, yeah, they, I they think genuinely... you said that in uh, the the doc. You were like, "This town needs a break." Oh, for sure, yeah. And look what it's got. You know, we've hit the jackpot with these guys. You know, um, and you know, long may it continue because you know we're a small little working class town and, and we need the football team to do well. And and these guys have given us this platform to be able to perform. So when did it, when did, so that's when it hit you, hit you that your life was going to change, but when did it hit you that you believed in Rob and Ryan? Cause it's one thing to put on a brave face and say, give them time. It'll be fine. They mean the best. It's another thing where you believe it in your soul. When did that hit you? So I was fortunate enough to meet them. Um, I mean, they didn't get over for about a year due to COVID, but I was fortunate fortunate enough to meet them in the pub and we had about a half an hour conversation. We had a couple of Rex and Lagers and we had a beer. And um, something, There's something a little bit unique about getting to look in somebody's eyes when you ask them a question and, and getting the answer that you get. And I asked them if they felt there was a burden and a responsibility and they just said something along the lines of they just have to get it right for the people of this town. They, they have to get it right and they will not do anything. They will not stop until they do get it right. And I think the penny just dropped then that they, they mean the best. Um, I always knew that Rob was a sports nut. I, I knew he, he would get, understand the game. I wasn't so sure about Ryan. I thought he might just be the the brains behind the business acumen and the and the marketing side of it. He's, a, I smart, he's a smart guy. He's proven that. Good Lord. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, Rob Rob is just incredibly switched on. Um, Ryan, we played Stockport in the Cup when we got to Wembley um, and we scored and I looked up, he was at the game without Rob and I, I just sensed that he got it. From that moment, I thought, he gets it. He he understands the game. He's got the bug. He, he, he's fallen in love with it. Uh, and everything they do is just, I mean, everything you see about them is just exactly what they're like. They're the most down-to-earth people. Yes, they're very successful. Yes, they're very rich. Yes, they're very well known and, and all the rest of it. But when you peel it back, they're just incredibly humble, down to earth human beings that want the best for other people. And that's a very rare commodity um, in the world, sadly, today. But um, they want the best for Wrexham Football Club and they want the best for the town. Um, and they just, like I say, they're just genuine people. So I, I think I knew very early on um, 
I'm not I'm not saying I'm the best judge of character, but I think I knew on this occasion very early on that they were not here to do anything bad. And I was skeptical, as were a lot of Wrexham fans, because we've been, you know, we've been pulled from pillar to post over the years by property developers and, and shady people. So we, we were a little bit a little bit cynical, a little bit skeptical, but I think I knew very early on with these two. Um and now they've proven it to everybody. I think I knew very early on that they were only going to do do wonders for us all, uh, and, and they have. And again, like, like I keep saying, long may this continue because it's a hell of a ride. I find that one of the hardest things to fake is being humble and down to earth. Like you, you could fake being nice or all those things, but being just a down to earth guy, regardless of how famous you are, I, I don't think that you could put that on. And I feel like with them, you could just tell. This will be the last sort of deep one, and then we'll we'll change gears. We talked about Wrexham being spread around the world. I'm curious about people coming to Wrexham for the club because I went to Liverpool in 2019 on my own, just had to be there, could not resist. And what struck me was how multicultural and diverse it was. But I know that that means in a pub like yours, there is less room for locals and and it's going to be filled up by folks like me now. Even I understand from an outside point of view, I could see both sides of it. But not only are you a fan, you're a business owner as well. So you have to account for that. So combining both sides of Wayne, the fan Wayne and the the guy who owns the, the turf Wayne, how do you reckon with the world coming to you and what that means for the availability of the longtime fans? Uh, in truth, it's it's been a it's been a little bit of a challenge because um you know, this is unprecedented to us. We we didn't expect any of this to happen. So, whereas before, let's just say, your average Wrexham fan called Dave could walk into the turf at one thirty and get a beer and then soak up the atmosphere and enjoy it, that's no longer the case. You know, as soon as we open, we're practically full. Um, and we get people from all over the world. Um, do we embrace that? Absolutely love it. Am I, am I sad that the fans that used to be able to walk in an hour before kickoff can't get in? Not really, because they know, you know, it's the same... It's we live by one rule: first come, first served. Um, we don't hold tables for anybody. Nobody's special. I mean, my father in the last game queued up forty minutes to get in, hmm. and he's he's happy to do that because that's the way it is. You know, that's that's life. We're going to grow. We're going to develop things. And we're going to grow. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a challenge. You know, I get people that stop me in the supermarket and say, "Oh, I don't bother coming anymore because they're queuing all the time. I can't get in." And, and my answer to them people is, "Well, I'm very sorry, but." You know, everybody's there for one reason, it's to support Wrexham, whether you're from California or from the middle of Wrexham Town Centre. Um, nobody's any better or any less than anybody. You know, it's it's a pub that only holds a certain amount of people. We have a fan zone, which now has doubled the capacity. Um, mm. So that helps a lot. But, um, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, would I, do, would I, would I, do I, let's, let's ask myself this. Do I prefer it now to, to maybe three or four years ago? Absolutely. You know, the product on whole is a lot better now. Um, and what I do take a lot of satisfaction from is, because I'm always sort of buzzing around Eric, checking on the security, checking on the staff. You know, we have like 20 on staff working. And I sort of sit back and observe crowds and I can see. So I maybe met a couple from New York, for example, like I did on Tuesday. And then I, I see them talking to different people and the Wrexham fans are hugging them or having pictures. They want to speak to them. They want to embrace them. They want them to be there. And they're very grateful that they're here spending money, supporting our club. 
Um, will it? Will they still be a fan in 12 months? Who knows? But whilst they're in Wrexham spending money and boosting the Wrexham economy and supporting the team, the only thing that these people will do, not just me, the only thing Wrexham fans will do is give them one massive warm welcome and then they will embrace them. Um, but has it been challenging? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, like I say, it was a bit unprecedented for us. When I went over, I felt the same thing. So I, I don't know, have you been to Anfield? Yeah, yeah, went... yeah. My, so my second team, I can't say this too much because people I get criticized for having two teams. But yeah, I've been to Anfield probably 50, 55 times. Yeah. So I went down to Hotel Tia and I went and they, and, and they had like a food truck in uh, the back. And I wound up chatting up the family who owned it. And they were so enthralled by the fact that I was just there to hang out that they like took me to their local pub and showed me around town and showed me the best night ever. And from that point on, like I understood that. Yes, it comes with the challenges, but at the end of the day, it's what you just said. Uh, th- the more, the merrier. That's an old-fashioned saying. So Yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about 10 minutes ago, where, you know, we, we, we can't uh, aim for the very top on 5,000 supporters. You know, we need to aim to the top. Aim for the top. Listen, not everybody that goes to Old Trafford, I mean, poor sounds, uh, but nobody goes to Old Trafford or Anfield is from Liverpool and Manchester. It just doesn't work like that. That's just not... And I'm not comparing Wrexham to Liverpool and Manchester United. Of course, I'm not. Not I'm just yet. Trying to make a point. I'm just trying to make a point that if you, if you want to grow, you have to open your doors for newcomers. Mm. Uh, and there's thousands of them um, along way. Let's just hope they stick with us because it'll be interesting when... Maybe things stagnate a little um, and maybe when we're not running away with leagues um, and maybe when things do calm down and maybe when the, the hype around Robin Ryan is not quite what it was, it'll be interesting to see who sticks with us. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of fans that we've picked up in the last two years are in it for the long haul uh, and get the authenticity of the town and the football club. Um, and, and, and we'll see. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. But one thing is for sure, we're growing and that's exactly what we need to do. So uh, I want to compare Ryan and Rob to footballers and where you think they'd play on the pitch and who you'd think they'd be. I personally see Rob as a six and Ryan as a nine. Um, I, so I would like to hear your thoughts on, on that as well. got to be careful in case they come across this article. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd put Rob as a, I see Rob as like a, Maybe like a right fullback who just won't leave you alone, a bit like a Gary Neville type. Although I would never compare him to Gary Neville because Gary Neville's a bit of a dick. But um, yeah, I, I would put um, I would put Rob as a right back, very tenacious. Um, would never give you a second. Um, he may be a little bit small for midfield. Um, I haven't said that. Is he? I thought because I I thought he's like a standard height. No, he's about five foot ten. Is he probably okay. right? Maybe maybe I see him as like a Luke a Luke Young role. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Robert right back. I see him as a right back. I see him as a um, never give up kind of attitude. Um, we'll go flying into challenges. We'll we'll win his fair share of headers. And and I, I I see Rob as a as a bit of a captain as well. I just think he's got that mm. sportsman in him. He's, I just think he would never let you let up. And he has that edge. He has that bite to him. You know, he'd be a dog in the midfield. I feel yeah, like yeah. This is what this is what I'm seeing. Uh, you, you 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 see him when he wants to watch the Eagles and he watches all the Philadelphia teams and. He, he he just seems like he's yeah he could he could be a nasty piece of work if needs be and I think a captain needs to be a nasty piece of work sometimes right so yeah put him as a as a as a galloping strong fullback Ryan I don't want to do Ryan a disservice so uh, let's say I see Ryan as a as a sweet footed left winging left winged Canadian who just sort of wants to take players on 
Um, maybe doesn't want to possibly get involved in the nitty gritty, uh, arduous, getting stuck in kind of stuff. But I see him as like a, I see him as a bit of a, like a slobber's eye where he'll just cut mm. in, score, oh. score a few goals. Um, getting hot, man. I mean, I get, get, getting sweaty just thinking about him. He is unbelievable. <laughs> All right, yeah. Wayne, this is my last one, and then I will let you go. I'm curious, what has been the high point of these last few years for you so far? I imagine people might guess it was Ben Foster save last spring, but my guess is different. The first day you opened the turf post-COVID. Now, I don't want to impose, but that, but that would be my guess. So what has been the highlight moment for you personally of these last three, four years? Oh, it's tough. I mean, nothing will come close to winning the league um, purely because it was just one of absolute raw emotion, raw relief, um, pride, you, you, every, everything you can think of that goes with something that means so much to so many people after so long, uh, that that's right up there. Yes, I mean, COVID was a really challenging two years. And when you look back, you still struggle to think, to fathom that that actually happened. Yeah. Uh, and and to, so, yeah, I mean, COVID is, is certainly up there. That Stockport game where you sense that what it meant to both the owners, that that really sort of just touches with me. I just look cool. back and think, wow, these guys get it. But, yeah, listen, just because there's an entire generation of Wrexham fans that have never seen Wrexham play in the English Football League, it just purely has to be... Uh, winning the league. Um, you know, my wife won't thank me for this, but it was better than my wedding day. I just never, I mean, I cried <laughs> uh, and I'm not a crier. So yeah, just just the pure relief of getting to see, you know, talk of the devil. Speaking of which. Wow, damn. Oh, she's caught me. In the <laughs> what timing? Did you plan that? Were you waiting outside for him to talk about you? <laughs> I was waiting. I said she won't thank me for it. They'll back me up here, Eric. Um, oh man, you can't. What's, what's the best couple of part of the last couple of years? It's got to be promotion, isn't it? Is that after the wedding? After the wedding, obviously, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll edit this out after the wedding, yeah. Um, probably the promotion, I would say, um, just because it meant so much to so many people um, after so long, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah just... the parade day was a And the parade was a, mm. uh, another special day. But yeah. that's a tier question, yeah. It's got to be when we when we beat Boreham Wood. It was just, we've never seen scenes like it. And even if we won the FA Cup in years to come, it still wouldn't come close to that because it was so long in the making. Wayne, I had a blast chat. I, 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 I just want to leave you with a thought of mine. What the other side of this coin is Ryan and Rob have sa not saved quite yet, but have really helped the club through a tough time. But what they're also doing is they've become shepherds of the sport here. They are growing the game here as well. People know about your club in passing. Even if they do or don't watch the sport, they've heard of it. And I would have never guessed that Deadpool and the guy from Always Sunny would be two of the most important faces in soccer in my adult life. And because of your club, that's happened. So I actually want to say thank you because your club is helping the game that I love grow here. It's, well, listen, um, I feel like we, I mean, I'm a big fan of the MLS. I, I see the crowds are just always on the rise. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to all the games over there for the in the summer, uh, like I said, and I... You know, I just seen the I've seen the fascination not just with Wrexham but the sport in general. Um, and I think sometimes, uh, I think sometimes maybe one or two people over here are a little bit a little bit sort of skeptical and go, "No, it's the MLS. It's where people go when they're about to retire." I, I disagree. I found the fans to be knowledgeable uh, and had a deep love for the sport. Um, and I'm 
really excited because in the future I'm going to come across and watch a couple of games Great. myself. So yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, the MLS, in my opinion, is only going to get stronger. Robin Ryan and and the likes of David Beckham and Messi and the Bales of this world will only only grow that brand. Uh, I mean, kudos to David Beckham and the Will Ferrells of this world because again, they just keep pushing it and pushing it, yeah. and it's only getting stronger and stronger. So yeah. Um, but you, you can't have Rob and Ryan. We need them for several more years to help push our club. But if the knock-on effect is that the brand in M- the MLS grows, let, let's all let's all get something positive from it, right? Yep. Wayne, thank you so much for your time and good luck to both your clubs this season. <laughs> Pleasure. Take care. Cheers. Alrighty, and thank you to Wayne Jones for joining me. I had a great time talking footy with him. Other than film and TV, soccer is my biggest passion, so it was awesome to be able to mix those two. As I told him, the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, the fact that they're now like shepherds for the sport in this country, I find to be incredible. Um, So like I said at the top of the show, I won't tell you to tune back in next week because I don't know exactly if we'll do it. But if I can binge watch Ahsoka before the finale, I will certainly try to put together a podcast for that. All right, y'all. Talk to you later. (laughs) All right. Peace.